0: okay hello everyone how are we doing today we are here with the tea teacher as myself some may know us my name is sugar mama on other point uh, platforms but we also have tori from the tori donald show here um with us today but y'all I know y'all probably be like oh girl you got it going on we have the famous <laughs> famous Frida Payne on here with us today it's it'd be as amazing it's amazing to have not only just jazz but other areas of the music industries and even theater
1: how are you doing today Ms. Payne I'm doing just fine I'm doing <laughs> my I, I just came my birthday was Monday yes. and I've been celebrating since Sunday. And so I'm just kind of like coming down from that. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank yes. you. Happy
0: birthday. It's amazing. As they say, our skin don't never crack because you look Black, amazing. Hey, as,
1: as Jennifer Lewis, she wrote a song once called Black Don't Crack. <laughs> and then she kicked the leg up. <laughs> Still looking beautiful. You. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yes, yes. So, Tori, so you want...
1: Huh? uh uh-huh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, ma'am, go ahead. I was just thinking, I said, Jennifer Lewis has been kicking her leg up for a long time now, <laughs> and now, and now, believe it or not, she's kicking higher than she did before, like 20 <laughs> years ago. I said, girl, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> what are you, what kind of vitamins are you taking? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, you, know, you must be doing a lot of good
1: stretching. Who, who are you working out with? <laughs> <laughs> Well, right. Taurus,
0: since you are one i guess on on the tea teacher today you have anything
2: to ask miss miss Payne? i do hello miss Payne Hi. I'm um i am so fascinated by you um you're a certified bona fide jazz singer and i was just wondering what your experiences were like with uh duke ellington yes. and you know your connection uh your six degrees of Separation with Ella Fitzgerald, like you actually met your idol, and you get to play her, and you did. Yeah. So well, I was just I, that was
1: like, I know when I was, I met Duke Ellington when I was seventeen, and how it came about was his son Mercer Mercer Ellington mm-hmm. was a guest at my house in Detroit, and he was a guest, and our our one of our it was a neighbor, he was our neighbor, and he was an attorney. His name was Alan Early Jr. And he was Mm -hmm. really good friends with my parents. So he met Mercer Ellington at a cocktail party. And one thing led to another. He started telling Mercer about his neighbor, uh, his neighbor's daughter who sang and she's just 17, but she's really good or whatever, you know. And he said uh, he wanted him to hear me sing. So he agreed and he came by the house I sang for him, he says, oh, you're really good. He says, I want my dad to hear you. It just so happens that he was with his father, Duke Ellington Mm -hmm. who was in town and and he and the band were performing at a theater in Detroit. And uh, so they arranged to take me to the hotel. He was staying at the Gotham hotel which was a black hotel in Detroit we're talking about I'll give you the year this had to be around 1950 well I was 17 so it was like 1961 1960 1961 Mm and maybe 1960 still and um, they took me to the hotel and he had a piano in his suite So he sang, he played for me while I sang a couple of his songs, like I Got It Bad and That Ain't Good and something else. Mm -hmm. And he turned around and said, you know, you remind me of Lena Horne. He says, I want to hear you with the band. The only problem is that we're leaving in the morning to go to Pittsburgh to perform there for a week. And if somebody, your mother, your somebody your dad can drive you to Pittsburgh, I'd be happy to bring you up on stage to sing with the band. Oh wow. so wow. That, so that's what happened. My mother, it was me, my mother and, and also my mentor. his name was Mac Ferguson. He was a pianist and he was my mentor. He worked with me a lot. and we drove to Pittsburgh and uh, Duke called me up and I sang a few songs with the big band. And then he's invited me uh later on he he sent a contract uh he mailed a contract to um our home and he wanted me to sign there was a contract that would have been 10 years to be his band singer (laughs) and so um he his next engagement from Pittsburgh was to go to las vegas and there he was performing at the riviera hotel in the lounge big band that's back then in vegas that was common you could go yes, and see yes. Stan Kenton. Stan Kenton would be at the Flamingo Hotel playing in the lounge. You know, people like Sarah Vaughn would be singing in the lounge. Della Reese would be singing in the lounge. Uh, I think the only Black singers I think that performed in the big rooms were like Pearl Bailey, mm-hmm. uh, Lena Horn, uh, people like that. And um, And then later on, when uh, Dionne Warwick started getting all those hits, I mean, a string of hits, then you would see her in the big room. Uh, so that's how it was back then. And then we, and then what happened was I got to sing with him again in Vegas, like one time, and I didn't sign the contract because he didn't want to change anything in the contract. And and being that our neighbor Alan Early was a lawyer, he read it and he said, you know, you sh- There's certain things. Yeah, this contract is too long. It shouldn't go beyond your 21st birthday. It has to be renegotiated. You have to have a guardian and blah, blah, blah. You know, long story short, it never that never occurred. But I got to meet him and, and I got to sing with the band. And then wow. years later, years later, we're talking 1982 into 83. I got booked to uh, be one of the headliners in Duke Ellington's Sophisticated Ladies. He was gone by then. And uh, you know, became a hit on Broadway, sophisticated Duke Ellington, sophisticated ladies. And I got to do uh the Vegas run of that, that lasted for, for like eight months at, at the Desert End. And then I got to do the one of the national touring companies, and I got to do it in Europe as well. And uh I got I mean I wound up doing about six different companies of Duke Ellington's sophisticated ladies over a span of let's say 20 years. Wow. So That's amazing. I, you know, so I said to myself, I would some nights I would go, I'd walk on stage and I would look behind them, you know, there'd be a back scrim and they'd have a big picture of his uh, of his head with the with a black top hat on, you know, and you know, and I would look at that and I would think to myself, well Duke, you finally got me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you finally got me on stage. <laughs> you
1: finally got me. <laughs>
0: wow. So where did your music uh come background come from? Was it did you start off in the church? Was your parents singers? No, my well? parents
1: were not singers. We're not mm-hmm. singers. Uh I sang in the church, I never was in the choir. I never wanted to be in the church choir. Uh, occasionally I would sing in church. I would be asked to sing a solo in church, uh, but I really started out singing, doing entering talent contest. And- Did you listen Ted Mack? Yeah, there was Ted Mack. That was when I was 16, but I, I was winning talent contest in Detroit mm-hmm. before I did Ted Mack. And that started when I was 13. And I won talent contest that was on TV in Detroit and it was called the Ed McKenzie Dance Hour. And there they had, it was like Dick Clark. It was Dick Clark all over the same format. You know, the kids, the pop music, the white kids, you know and then if they had a star in town who was working at one of the top nightclubs you'd have like Adela Reese or you'd have like Sammy Davis Jr. or people like that, you know, or um, whoever, you know, the four freshmen uh, come and, and and really and do a and do a number on the show. And uh, yeah, when I, I won, I won. They had a tent. They featured a talent contest because it wasn't just the, the the music and the kids dancing, but they also uh, had a talent contest that was part of the show. And uh, I was on there once and I won. And then they called me back six months later to be on it again. I mm-hmm. guess that was just to see if I would win again. And I won again. So, <laughs> so that kind of started, got me thinking, well, I must be all right. I must be.
2: <laughs> but weren't you
1: influenced by your uncle too? He taught
2: you how oh, had my a play. Oh, my uncle,
1: I had, a, um, I had my uncle. See, my uncle Johnny died when I was nine. And that was devastating because it was, uh, because of Uncle Johnny, he introduced me. I don't think he knew what he was doing, but maybe he did. He had a record collection. He had Duke Ellington records. He had uh, B.B. King records. He had Lionel Hampton and and it was mostly the Duke. And then he had classical music Mm -hmm. he had, which was unusual for a black family at that time. But, and he wasn't into like playing the piano that much, but he had classical records. He liked music. And also he was an amateur tap dancer. Hmm. He was an amateur tap dancer. My mother used to tell me that he would go to the clubs and, and let's say tap dance for free, but people would throw money on stage at him. And he would bring his, his money home and he'd throw it on the bed and say, and tell her to take what she wanted. Oh. That was her. Bro- that was her brother. That was Uncle John. That was her brother. He died young. He died from TB. Oh my you know, lord! Well, back then TB was was uh was the disease that was killing a lot of people.
2: My yes, mother's
1: ma'am. yeah, my mother's father, who would have been my grandfather, he died from TB before my mother was even born. Hmm. My, my grandmother was pregnant with my mama. And uh, she said that she never, of course, she never got to, you know, see him, of course, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, so my, uh, my grandfather died from TB. <clears throat> my uncle, my blood uncle died from TB. And wow. This was, uh, well, he, the, the, my grandfather, he would have died in the 30s. Mm-hmm. You know? And then my uncle, my uncle, he died. I was nine. Oh, so it was like around 1950. So he died in the four, I think in the forties, like late forties, like in either 1950. Yeah, cause I was nine when he died and I, well, I was born <laughs> like, giving my age away. Everybody knows anyway, you know, I was born in 1942. Okay. So you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> How was it
0: working with Bill Cosby?
1: love working with Bill Cosby he was it was nice I I never realized how funny he really was Yeah, (laughs) because you see he was one of those comedians that didn't use a lot of vulgarity Mm -hmm. that's what I respected about him and I worked with him twice once in Chicago at uh, Mill Run outside of Chicago it was a theater in the round and I remember because my son was a baby that he was about about 15 months old or t- somewhere around there. I don't think he was quite, I don't know, maybe he wasn't quite a year old, but he may have been about a year old when I worked with him. And um, I remember being in my, like in the dressing room and, and then one one night I said, let me go and stand in the in the wings and, and listen to Bill. And I did, and I, I he was cracking me up. I said, Bill is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> He's really good, you know? Mm-hmm. And And then I worked with him again in Cleveland Mm -hmm. Mm
0: mm-hmm wow yeah he he is very funny you know even Mm -hmm. though they you know he's uh up in age now but uh i watched the reruns you know the pat albert and cosby show and things like that and so yeah he was very comical very comical
1: and he was very nice very like people would say did he ever hit on you i said i I, no, i never no he never was out of of line (laughs) with me he was never out of line with me never Mm -mm.
0: I'm sorry. sorry, you said no, no,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he must have been out of line with us, some other women, but not me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, no way." Wow, that that's interesting. That's interesting. Even your music, you know, is in The Band of Gold. I watched that video. I don't know how many times. And my mother-in-law, she's, watched, you know, she watched even you know, when you was on the Soul Train doing the Band of Gold, and the way you just it just belted out like it was just meant to be that song was just meant to be out there for everyone to hear it I mean it was beautiful it, it I, I love to me I love that song Tori what about you you like it
2: yeah I love it. <laughs> and
1: I, uh, well you know I, like I gotta it. like it that hey that's the song that put me on the map you yes. know yeah. so I love it I love it I mean I I sing it a lot you know I mean when I do my my uh, personal appearances mm-hmm. I do it yeah in well, you see light, people you know. like
0: some artists they have to they they auto-tune or their lip sing but <clears throat> to me back in those days y'all really y'all used y'all's voice y'all had talent it was it was it was there it wasn't forced and the way you sung that song it just flowed out like you know a stream of water it was beautiful mm-hmm. i mean you hit every note every ripple i was like really you no know, listening because you know the soul train was a rerun back in I'm the early 80s baby so it was a rerun back in my days and when right. I saw you on that I was like oh my god <laughs> you know as a little kid just trying to move and do the same thing and it was but it was natural so like, mm-hmm. it just came out wonderfully I, I did I really enjoyed that
1: and she you. also did a remix with Belinda Carlisle
2: yes she did oh yeah
1: was- she wanted a, her manager called me um what's his name Ron Stone and he said, uh, Belinda wanted to do Band of Gold, wanted to do a, you know, to cover, you know, a cover on it. And then he asked me, would I get involved in singing with her? And then we did Solid Gold. remember the TV show Solid Gold? Uh, I think Dionne Warwick was the first one that, she was the first hostess of that TV show. And then after Dionne left, they got Marilyn McCool. And she uh, I think Marilyn was, I think, was the hostess when I was on with Belinda Carlisle, And then we also did a special and it was called Legendary Ladies of Rock. And that was on uh, Cinemax, which is a part of HBO. And this was back in the eighties and it was called Legendary Ladies of Rock. And it was Grace Slick, it was everybody. It was uh, Martha Reeves, Mary Wells, Brenda Brenda Lee. Uh, Oh my God, you can... It was a bunch, It was a bunch of us. All I can say, a bunch of ladies. Yeah,
2: that was really cool. That's like a uh, pre-divas, like the divas concerts where they brought all the divas together. The special that you did. Oh, where did that? Oh, you mean with Shirley Ralph? Oh no, the divas concert where they had the divas live and they had all the r and they had like Whitney Houston oh Tina yeah Twain.
1: yeah oh yeah that was good that was really good yeah
2: do you consider yourself a rock and roll artist because you are um featured in a rock and roll documentary and they always you're like you do a lot of genres of music so do you consider yourself I, rock too
1: I see I can sing rock I can sing I don't consider myself rock I consider myself, uh, I would say jazz, R&B, pop, jazz, R&B, pop. That's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, and that's Broadway, too.
2: Broadway
1: too. So, yeah. Well, cause and, you
2: yeah, have a great voice and do multiple music. I was wondering if you like, if you like, yeah, Frida's rock and roll too. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well I can do, I mean, I can sing rock. I can do it. I just, I just, adapt myself to it that's all okay mm-hmm.
0: so, so what made you want to not not just stick to
1: one certain label uh because my soul and my and my talent would like would like can venture over and do other things that's mm-hmm. that's what it is you know and also lucky I mean I have to put it in they remember that old saying, lucky is the mouse who has more than one hole to run into. That is. <laughs> That's how I look at it. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got more than one place, uh, genre to deal with. I don't have to stick to one thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember, I Charlie, I remember
1: Charlie, Charlie Pride, you know, the country and Western singer, mm-hmm. Charlie Pride. Charlie was at that time, he was like the only black male country and Western singer who really was famous back from as far back as the 60s. And I met him, this was in the 80s or was it the 70s? And uh, he had come to see me with uh, Sammy Davis Jr. at Harris in Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And this had to be in, in the mid 70s. And, and he was already famous himself. And he said, in his accent, he says, you sang that jazz really good. <laughs> he says, I couldn't sing jazz if they was had me tied to a pole and big me to do that. <laughs> he just can't do, some people just can't do it. You know, I can do it. I can I can switch gears and do it. I can sing jazz, I can sing rugby, I can sing rock.
0: And that's unique because a lot of artists do- can't do that. They just stuck in one category and do not, cannot expand to different other categories you know we only yeah, just RB, where uh to me <clears throat> having one hole like you said for a mouse to go into is is better because you have more variety of different things that you can do and 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 expand you know you can hop over you're just not just stuck in one label and to me that's right. that's good because you know you do a little bit of jazz you do a little bit of r&b soul mm-hmm you know, classical and which is wonderful. Right, right. Yeah, which is very, very much. Fun. And even your book is amazing. Uh, I know uh, my co-host Tori, she <laughs> has read that book three times almost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what Tori, let me ask you a question. What in your in your uh, opinion interested you the most? What stood out or, or kind of shocked you the most? um well the possibility that you could have been our first lady well I wouldn't I
2: was <laughs> thought of them but I was like I wonder what if Frida was the first lady um what <laughs> programs would we be yeah. doing today in 2022
1: well and, honey uh, let me tell you something back then <laughs> um it was it was it was my fantasy it was my fantasy and um but I did, but I was like a prophet. I must have been a prophetess because we wound up having a first lady. It may not have been interracial, but we wound up having a first lady, Michelle Obama. In a way, you, you came the way for um, a yeah, lot of.
2: Yeah, but
1: you know, but went, this was this was night. This would have been 19. Was it 70 when that happened? What, what year was that when I met him, John Tunney? 1971 or 72. Back then, that would have been a total fantasy. It would have been a total fantasy that ne- people said never happened. That would never happen. They'd never stand for it. They'll never stand for it. And I remember my friend who was my road manager and also he was sort of like my mentor as well. We were closer than just road manager. We were like very close friends and he was very spiritual and very and very intuitive. And he said, Frida, and he was very smart, and he was from DC originally, Georgetown. He said, Frida, your life would be miserable. He said they'd be following you, they'd be making up stories, they'd be humiliating you behind your back or in front of your face, you know. Um, you know, and then of course I think and and, and it would have been bad for, for John Tunney too. He was a United States senator. It would have been bad for him too you know, it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't have been good for his career at all. That never. So it was my fantasy. I imagined it, you know, because I was in love. I was like, oh, I'm in love with him. You know, that kind of thing.
2: <laughs> I also liked how in a way, well, not in a way you did pave the way for current artists today, like Jennifer Hudson, you were the first to do a TV show.
1: Uh, Today's Women, I think it was called. Today's Black Woman. Yes. that <laughs> was a talk show. It was a... T- and I had guests. I had different guests of note, you know, like Maya Angelou, Vernon Jordan, uh, Shirley Chisholm, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Natalie Cole, blah, 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 you know, and then I... And also I explored different different uh, community issues, you know, like I did a show on rape. Somebody had written a book on rape. It's not a... An, uh it's not a crime of passion it's it's really a crime of violence it's a an aggressive thing it's not about a person just wanting to have sex it's it's like a violent thing it's it's not it's more about violence than than it is like love and compassion and and whereas I used to think rape had something to do with just wanting to have sex but it's it's more than that it's like it is yes, ma'am. yeah it's it's more of um, an aggressive, violent thing you know like they want to hurt they want to hurt you they really want to hurt you they don't really want to make you feel good
0: no no they don't
1: (laughs) you know so there you go we women have to be very very careful about who we hang out with
0: our surroundings because we never know who's out there trying to hurt us you
1: never know you
0: don't you never know we have Four minutes and 44 seconds left in in our 30 minute interview okay what, um, qu- what do you want to know what do you want <laughs> well how was it with Quincy Jones ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I met when I met Quincy <laughs> I had just recently come to New York I was 18 and I met him in a restaurant at the time it was called Sapphires it was owned by a black man by the name of Danny Sims and Quincy was performing in New York on the East Side at ba- at a club called Basin Street East, with his big band, and he and he came to that restaurant like like after the show was over, you know, after hours, because that stayed, it stayed open late, with his friend Jerome Jerome Robinson, Robinson, who was a sax player, and uh, I was introduced to him. And there was, he was immediately attracted to me, you know, and, and um, he's, so he invited me out, invited me to come and see the sh- his show, which I did. And we sort of got involved. He was uh, at that, he was 28. So he's exactly eight years older than me. And we, I fell in love with him. I fell in love, and he fell in love with me. But I didn't. I didn't take him seriously, even though I was, you know, he had my nose open. Uh, <laughs> but because I didn't see a future, he was married at the time. Oh, and and I just felt like, oh my goodness, um, I, it's you know, this man is married, and and I kind of knew that he was fooling around with other women too. But over the years and we're still friends to this day and he'll come Sweet. to see my like my, if I'm appearing here in that way, he'll he, he'll come and see my show. I'll invite him, he'll come to see my show. so we're still oh. friends. And then in 2000 was it 2008 or nine I did he invited me to perform at the Montreux Jazz Festival. I think it was uh, it was like in honoring his 75th birthday. Well,
0: that's good y'all still can remain friends <laughs> yeah
1: we're friends oh we're still we're still friends yeah
0: sweet sweet well we have two minutes and 16 seconds would you please grace us with a piece of a song that you sung back in the early days back in the day yes ma'am. Uh,
1: let's see Ask, ask me, how do I feel? Ask me how now that we're cozy and clinging. Well, sir, all I can say is if I were a bell, I'd be ringing. From the moment we kissed tonight, that's the way I've got to behave. Boy, if I were a lamp, I'd light or if I were a banner, I'd wave. Ask me, how do I feel? Ask me now, works? work silently clinging. Well, sir, all I can say is if I were a gay, I'd be swinging. And if I were a watch, don't you know, I'd be popping my springs. Or if I were a bell, yeah. Yes, if I were a bell, if I were a bell, I'd go ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Beautiful.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. And before we um, end our, our interview, Tori, do you have
2: anything to say real quick?
1: Um, no, I'm going to be full oh. I love okay. your albums thank you
2: your book is great I can't wait for a movie to come out are you going to come out with another book
1: I probably book? will wind up coming out with another book yeah probably not right away but you know mm-hmm. then within the, maybe another a year maybe another year from now or so yes Do mm-hmm. you have any upcoming events you want to let us know about Well, I'll be in Detroit on the 27th and I'll be performing there for the YMCA. They're having a big benefit in Detroit.